0: Welcome to Hollywood and Levine. I am Ken Levine, your podcast host. This is episode seven. And this week, I have a theme, and that theme is theme parks, specifically Disneyland and Disney World, the Magic Kingdoms. I have some personal anecdotes, and then later, a special guest who has spent 30 years working in the Disney organization, and he's going to give you some tips on how to maneuver your way around the Magic Kingdom. All that and much more right here on Hollywood and Levine. I grew up in L.A. I grew up with Disneyland. I've been going to Disneyland my entire life. A few personal stories. uh, Back in the 60s, when uh, I was a teenager and uh, smoked a lot of dope, Uh, I would go to Disneyland with friends and get high. And there is the Abe Lincoln exhibit, you know, where you go and uh, he stands up and does the Gettysburg Address. Well... I don't know what compelled me to do this, but right in the middle, I stood up and asked him a question. Half of the people were appalled and the other half thought it was hilarious, but I was not thrown out of the ride. And then another time, you know how they have the Mickey Mouse Mouseketeer hats, the black hats with the Mickey Mouse ears, and they will write your name on the hat. They'll stitch it in, and you just say, my name is Ken or Ben or whatever your name is. And so I went up there and said that my name was Vincent, and then I ripped off one of the ears, walked around wearing that. And again, a few people uh, found that very funny. Uh, Others were sort of appalled. I'm, you know, spitting on the cross, and for most people, it was like, huh, Vincent Van Gogh, that's the joke. Vincent Van Gogh. But my favorite Disneyland story happened also in the 60s when uh, we brought my grandmother to the Magic Kingdom. And my grandmother was probably in her mid-60s back then, and she was your typical Jewish grandmother- blintzes making, house cleaning, plastic on the furniture, Jewish grandmother. And uh, she said, look, I don't want to go on any thrill rides. I went with my grandmother and my parents and my little brother. So we're going around the park, and we get to the Matterhorn, and my dad says to my grandmother, his mother, Um, well, why don't you go on this? Oh, this isn't a thrill ride. This is just a nice little toboggan ride. Uh, You'll think you're in Switzerland. It's wonderful. So she said, okay. So I get in the bobsled, and you know the way they position you in those things where I'll be sitting and then my grandmother is in my lap. And we take off on the ride, and it starts going up the center of the mountain, and about halfway up the mountain, she figures it out. She figures out that this is some kind of roller coaster. And then I hear, for the first time ever, my grandmother yell, Fuck! And then the ride starts, and we're whipping around down that mountain. And all she could say is, Fuck Clifford, I'm gonna kill him. I'm gonna kill him. God damn it. Fuck. It was so great to hear my grandmother cursing all the way down. <laughs> and I think she chased my father around the park for the rest of it. I, I don't think she talked to him for the next four years. Anyway, those are my Disneyland stories. When we come back, Greg Airbar. We'll talk about the park and the things to do and don't when Hollywood and Levine continues after this. When you wish upon a star, makes no difference who you are. So, Greg, you worked for the Disney organization for like 30 years, mm-hmm. and you were in Florida most of the time, But I want to talk a little bit about the theme parks. I want to talk about Disneyland and Disney World and maybe give the listeners some tips on how to navigate them. What are good times of the year to go to either Disneyland or Disney World? Obviously, the summer is bad. Obviously, Christmas vacation is bad. But are there any windows when it's not too crowded?
1: It's harder now to say than it used to be. I mean, there were literally uh, back in the day when they would say, oh, well, Tuesday is the most busy day because people travel on weekends and they really get going on Tuesday. And it was like, I wouldn't dare say, oh, you know, Tuesday. Nobody really knows for sure a day. What what I can tell you is any holiday, any three-day weekend, it's going to be busy at all the parks, especially – Disneyland and Magic Kingdom in Florida, um, the the biggest times of the year. Anytime schools out, but especially Easter, um, spring break, which is tricky because spring break varies throughout the country, so right. you don't know where school is in or out with spring break. But surrounding Easter, very very busy, um, and between the the time when, as you've written often, the time when Hollywood and the freeways are really calm, and there's hardly any cars, that's when it's the most busy in the parks. Right, because it's usually the
0: week between Christmas and New Year's. Christmas and and New Year's.
1: Year's. It is, is, and, and they have, I don't know that Disneyland does this, but I do know Magic Kingdom will actually have to close the gate. Like on New Year's Day and stuff, because the park is at capacity, and they will they will start letting people in as things even off. But and I've been in there because um, sometimes you know, as a, as a cast member, which is what they call it, mm-hmm. you you are asked sometimes to go into the park and work shifts because. They need help and to me it's real cool because it's like Lucy in the candy. well
0: so what do you do you Everything. like like you're Winnie the Pooh no. or your uh no, you're no, no. Cinderella <laughs> I wish <laughs> and and then you work the popcorn machine or then you you know you peel people off of the well, you uh, Indiana work, Jones right you can you can work the popcorn
1: machine um I haven't um I have um I've worked at Pecos Bills, um, I have counted turkey legs. I've counted them. Uh huh. I can tell you they are sprayed with a thing called Vegeline, which Thanks. keeps them lustrous mm-hmm. and, and also keeps them nice and fresh. It's it's harmless. But okay. I, I do I do know that. Um, I love me a turkey leg. Uh-huh. I love those. I feel like Barney <laughs> Rubble when I have those. You know. Um, but I, I have done that. I have done crowd control at Space Mountain. Literally, they'll put masking tape down, and you have to say you know you go okay now you guys go i have done um i've worked the food line at a, at a uh buffeteria which was a blast because i could slap food on plates and hand it to people um, great just like of, being in the army well it, well the, some of the funnest jobs like for a new year's do Eve. do they have
0: shit on a shingle <laughs> they might call it's, it something it's, different it's, like yeah <laughs> bambi's <laughs> yeah. yeah bambi's fees <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Bampy surprise. <Right. laughs>
1: um, the, 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 the cool things are those things you wouldn't think would be. Um, not that all those you did, but I handed out plastic hats on New Year's Eve once and, and, and the noisemakers. And I'm uh-huh. hand them out and, I'm, and I stood on a rock and was handing them out and saying, come on, you know, Disney's giving you something free. Take it, take it. And I was running out of those hats. Everybody wanted a plastic hat. And then uh, I also worked Town Square sweeping. And you'd think that would be so boring, but no, you're doing the work of Walt, because you're keeping his part clean. And then you're seeing how people aren't so slobby when you're being clean. They'll actually, oh, I'm sorry, because they don't, there's a chain reaction when people are neat. And so when you're cleaning and they see you cleaning, they're less likely to drop things into the mud and stuff. They don't want to do that. So the whole idea of Disneyland and Disney World, when you do those jobs, when you go into like the Emporium and you see those walls of plush tiggers, right. they have to weave them into a wall. And I could not do that for the life of me because I would have to get the big binno tiggers. Put them on the, the, uh, the wall and then you weave the arms and legs together and I could not do it. And then this lady comes, goes, oh. you know, things like that are an art. <laughs> so, so anyway, well, but you want to see when it was crowded. You don't care about that. Uh,
0: no, well, okay. No. I remember it used to be that a great day to go to Disneyland or Disney World was um, Christmas Eve on December 24th because most people were preparing for Christmas and it was pretty much only the Jews well, who went to Disneyland and Disney World. I don't know if that's still the you case. You don't think that's the case anymore? I know in
1: Florida it's definitely not the case. Uh-huh. And, and um, I've actually worked on the TV parades when they were live at Magic Kingdom and I did not see that to be the case either of those days because we used to shoot two because they were live. One was for overseas, the armed forces, and also if it rained. So we would shoot one three days before and one on the day and it was, it was packed. Um, the thing to look for is, first of all, go early in the morning. Okay. The earlier the better. Um, they have this thing called Rope Drop, which is kind of like the open, the beginning of a marathon because people are leaping through. You don't have to do that. But try to get to the things that are known to be. And there are lots of websites to tell you about the attractions that are more likely to be busy. The other thing is there's there's little rules of thumb. If there's two parades, sometimes if you go during the first parade, it might be less because the younger kids are at that, you know, and they might not be at the later one. Like, they're bringing back Main Street Electrical Parade sometimes if you, if you go on attractions during the first. If you go on attractions just before closing sometimes, but I've been at Disneyland where that isn't the case, um, it's just getting really difficult the the bad what i still find is people just don't want to get up so getting getting in the uh getting in the park early helps a lot the other thing that's really important to do is plan and it's unfortunate that it's had to come to this cuz it used to be you'd go there and you'd say, oh let's Yeah go just on kind of this. walk oh, around just, and yeah. and see that's the thing to remember too is Never make the Disney parks into a chore because then it's not going to be fun anymore. And I really work hard on making it. Let's sit down and have coffee and look, look at people. You know, let's let's be in Fantasyland instead of zip through and just hit ride, 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 ride. Because that sort of that sort of just takes a lot of the magic out of that too. Because even if a queue line is long, there's stuff to look at, and especially on some big ones like Indiana Jones, you know, has and uh, they have a lot of cool stuff that you little things you go through. Those are kind of fun anyway, and in some ways bypassing that takes a little of the fun out. There's a the uh, the Expedition Everest at Disney Animal Kingdom in Florida. Mm-hmm. What an amazing queue line. I mean, it it recreates this whole expeditional thing and it has rooms and offices, and if you get the fast pass, you miss some of that. Now, we've been talking about fast pass. There are, they have these tickets where you can, well, they don't have the tickets now. They have bands. It's, it's, by the time I explain this, it may change. So just in general, there are, if you go on to the websites, they'll tell you how you can plan the attractions. And if you have a hotel reservation, you can reserve them and you have to do that real strategically. You you do it for some stuff, but not for everything because you don't want to be robotic about it. I mean, that's the way I feel personally. Um, Pick some of the meals you really want to do, and there's tons of great websites that tell you a lot of details. People put comments and things. Take them with a grain of salt, you know. Uh, but some of the some of the sites you can get that from. Disney has several sites that give you step by step how to do that. The to avoid disappointment with kids, especially when you um, if you are if you want to go to a character meeting you know, where you have breakfast or something. You gotta reserve that early because they get very difficult to get in. I mean it's like you're gonna go see um the Oscars. You you just wanna see princesses. But it's really it's really difficult if you do it at the last minute. I mean I've had friends call up on Christmas Day and say, Is it gonna be crowded at to the to park today? Can we <laughs> get in? And I'm like yeah, I don't think it's a good idea. Well, it's our only day. Well, then plan on sitting on a bench most of the time or being getting on two or three things, and if you go in expecting that and not expecting to do the whole park and just take it like that, you'll be fine. Enjoy a nice beverage, you know, get a nice coffee. There's a Starbucks now. Thank you. There's a Starbucks I l- at Disney. I love what ha-
0: that. What has the world come you to? You know what? You know, you mentioned... Even
1: the big diehard fans love that there's a Starbucks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, you mentioned the Indiana Jones ride, and the last time I was on it, I noticed that there is a disclaimer when you're standing in line that says, you know, this is a fairly violent, turbulent ride or whatever, and if you're over 65 or have heart problems, motion that sickness, motion sickness yeah. uh, back problems, et cetera, et cetera, uh, avoid this ride. And I'm thinking to myself, Harrison Ford can't ride the Indiana Jones ride. Well, that's probably true. <laughs> you know, the real Harrison Ford, the real Indiana Jones. Okay, wow. so... Um, You know what? I have
1: a little tip, too, about motion sickness, because I don't like spinning. In fact, I go on the Roger Rabbit thing. I fight that thing not to spin. I do not spin. What's your tip? There are these bands you can put on your wrists. Actually, an Imagineer told me about this. My son has a big problem with car sickness. These bands, you buy them at the drugstore. You put them on each wrist, and they do some kind of acupressure thing, and it actually relieves motion sickness and car sickness.
0: I am still not getting in those teacups. Well, I,
1: no, uh, <laughs> I, I've gone in those and held those tight. However, the Alice in Wonderland ride, oh, I love that ride. I love that. <laughs> my wife made me a cake, had a cake made for my birthday because I love that so much. She had a custom-made cake to resemble that attraction with marzipan caterpillar cars. And to this day, I'm her slave. <laughs>
0: when people get into the park, do they usually follow the same sort of pattern? I mean, do most people sort of peel off to the right and go to Tomorrowland first, or do they peel off to the left, or is it just random? That's the school of thought, too, is that they,
1: there was this general thinking that everyone started in Adventureland and went uh, clockwise. So then it was like, oh, go counterclockwise and avoid that. But then if too many people are doing that, then it does just the opposite. And it also you got to figure the time of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, if you If you come in at a certain time, maybe people have already done that. You have to kind of decide, okay, what does everybody really want to do? What can some people live without? What is our fallback if this doesn't happen? Because you, you could occasionally, uh, especially in Florida, you might get rain. Um, here there was, a, there was some, but it's nothing like Florida. I mean, sure. you get it daily in the summertime. Yeah. Um, a, another thing to do is what we always would do when we would come on a vacation, do is if you've got a room, um, go take a break in the afternoon if the park hours are long. You know, now this time of year, the park hours aren't quite so long. But if it's summertime, um, you go in early, and then about lunchtime, you can eat there, but you can find tons of other places out or or in your hotel, take a nap, go to the pool, chill, and then go back. Because I see people just trudging along after you know 18 hours and it's like the kids are asleep it's like don't do this you'll come back fresh and and it really does work it seems counterproductive because you feel like well i'm wasting this time i'm paying for this but it isn't quality time if you're if you're killing yourself to get in every attraction take it easy and enjoy it is probably the hardest thing to do in a disney park because you're your
0: sort of program to get all that in, mm-hmm. you know, if, sure. if you invested in it. Well, especially since you're paying a lot
1: of money right. for it now. Right. So you, you do want to get all that in, but you have, to, you have to manage the expectations based on when you're going. If you're going in the summer or during holidays, expect to be hot, expect, but build in sanity clauses.
0: Now, I, I had a problem. <laughs> to quote the Marx Brothers. I had a problem one time when I went, and uh, I was cold. It was unseasonably cold. So you figure, okay, just go to one of the gift shops and buy a sweatshirt. But every sweatshirt had, you know, either Mickey Mouse or a princess or something. It's like there's no way to buy any kind of sweatshirt without looking incredibly gay. <laughs> so what are they going to do about that?
1: Huh? Well, that gets back to me dressing a Cinderella.
0: Oh. <laughs> I guess it does. (laughs) We're talking about (laughs) Disneyland on Hollywood and Levine, and we'll be back with more, including the the behind-the-scenes and under-the-scenes of the Magic Kingdoms, right after this. A lot of people don't realize, but at Disneyland, and certainly at Disney World underneath the Magic Kingdom, there is a labyrinth of tunnels. Talk a little bit about the
1: tunnels that nobody sees. Well, it's especially at Magic Kingdom in Florida. Um, I don't know that Disneyland has much of that. Um, it's mostly backstage areas. The, the, uh, but Epcot has a bit of a tunnel um, in, the fu- in the future area in the front. But Magic Kingdom is actually the second floor. Of, of of the surface there, the the whole lake that you go around on the monorail or go across on the ferry boat, is actually a man-made a person woman and man-made lake. Sorry, mm-hmm. um, and they dredged up all the earth out of that. And you got to remember too is this was all swamp land. It's amazing what they built on swamp. I mean, they had pylons going
0: way down in the ground. Oh, I'm sure. Down to China, probably. Yeah, right.
1: And, and, and those pylons are now where Shanghai is. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, no, no, legal, don't tell me. Um, there's a, there's a, a huge amount of Earth that was drudged out of there. What they did was they took what would have been the first floor of the area that the Magic Kingdom land is on. They built a structure over that, put that earth over it, and that's what the Magic Kingdom is. It's actually a second
0: level. So there's like an ant farm. The first level is like an ant farm, and then they put the the park over it. Kind of. They call it the, I mean,
1: depending on who you ask, they call it the Utilador. Uh And they have people going, it's sort of Bondian. I mean, not quite as... as, um, as, as elaborately, you know, but like Doctor Nose Lair kinda, kind of thing, uh-huh. but it, it's more—it's—it's it's more parking garage-y. I mean, it ain't fancy. There's nice. They've actually put a lot of nice artwork, and and they've made it really nice. But it's basically a, a cement structure of tunnels, and people drive by on Pargos, you know. And the reason for that was that the the important thing of the of the parks is theme. You know, you 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 want. The whole idea of being on stage is you want everything to fit where it goes. So you want the, the food and the merchandise and the, the cast members and, and all that to just sort of come from nowhere. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, you don't want to see trucks right, and you going don't. into Fantasyland. And yeah. the
1: trucks are there, but you never see them because they're going into a um, sort of this embankment behind Magic Kingdom that leads down into the tunnel. Mm -hmm. And, and the cast members also can take, um, vehicles to get there into the tunnel. And there's, um, and there's a cafeteria there and, um, you know, like a reading area and all kinds of things. And, and so, so it's, it's, it's big. I mean, you got to walk all around. It's like walking around the magic kingdom. Sure. And, and there, there's one big dip that kind of goes under where the castle is, um, But I mean, it's it's super cool, and it it is still in existence, and um, it kind of works in that way. You know, they can you can bring things, and there's a a whole network of staircases that and elevators that go up to various places, and they tell you where. Now I made a mistake once because I opened the wrong door once, and suddenly I was in Small World, and boats were going (laughs) by. You know, and I. Resisted the temptation to, you know, start (laughs) to say, get out, turning my head, you know, and singing. (laughs) But, but I mean, usually it's pretty easy to figure out. what where you should go and shouldn't go and there are maps and things but it's pretty amazing that they they still do have something like this and it it does work because you you don't want a person in one costume to be in a land where they don't oh my god no because it it would oh my god
0: there's a spaceman here in in new orleans it would
1: cause (laughs) motion sickness
0: it probably would Uh, (laughs) along those lines what about uh, park security? Now, I imagine there is like a NORAD center where there are hundreds, maybe thousands of cameras, that uh, security cameras, all around the park, in the various attractions. You probably can't go anywhere without being on some security cameras. Is that correct? Well,
1: I, I think so, and I think that there's... there's m- there's more than I know about, which I'm glad uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> because I, if, if I know and I'm just me, it's right. that, probably not secure. Um, but, but yeah, there is, there is a, um, well, there's a whole central area just for how the transportation runs. So they know where all the buses and the monorails, I mean, there's, there are central areas for an enormous amount of things. Um, in the Utilidor tunnel, there used to be an area called, um, uh, I think it was Studio D, where they had they originally had the uh, all the audio for the attractions. And believe it or not, because it opened in the 70s, it was on cartridges. It was on carts, like a radio <laughs> station. So you'd have a Haunted Mansion cart that was put into the machine to wow. play. I mean, that was replaced, but it took a while. So there are centralized areas for that. The other thing, and I looked at Disneyland, I didn't see as much of it. But in Florida, especially Orlando, there's lightning. And so if you look carefully at the buildings... Um, everywhere at Walt Disney World there are little little lightning rods every few feet to catch that. Hmm. I don't see that quite as much here because it's I mean we have had a little bit recently but it isn't as much of an issue in Florida there's a lot of a lot of storms a lot of lightning there's also um, and I do think they have these here there's also um, like water disbursement things for fireworks um, so that everything's nice um, so yeah a lot of that stuff is very very carefully. They want to make sure people feel, um, feel good. because. And the funny thing about this is I don't think even Walt Disney realized what his parks were going to end up being to people. I mean, his idea was it was going to be this place where young and old could share these adventures together and not dad sits in a chair and watches his daughters on the rides right. like, yeah, like he did at mm-hmm. Griffith Park. So I think it's, it, it's not only a rite of passage which has become with a lot of people Oh, well the kids are this age we got to take them it's not just that either it's become that we're kind of in this uh, in this society now where not only do we want a self-contained world that we feel we can deal with you know and then the park it's that world it's contained and you can kind of get your head wrapped around it right but it's also a place when you go on these vacations where everybody's so busy, you know, we're literally scheduling, you know, when we when we have game night, when we watch this movie, when we're going here, when we're going there and everybody is off doing things where it's a very active life that families have. When you go on this vacation, even though you may pick different attractions to go on, you're all put together in this thing together. And it's not as common as it used to be, you know?
0: Yeah, no, it's getting harder and harder for the family unit. To, uh, to stay together. I'm sure now everybody is standing in line, they're looking at their cell phones. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yeah that's... <laughs> <laughs> we didn't used to do that. I no. mean, you know, now at least you can entertain yourself yeah. when you're standing in those lines. Do they still do grad night at Disneyland and Disney World?
1: I don't think they do it at Disney World anymore. I'm not sure about Disneyland.
0: Um, grad night was in Los Angeles uh, when you graduated high school in June there was one night when the park was open from midnight to six and graduates from all the different high schools would come. And you had to be nicely dressed Mm -hmm. and jacket and tie and a dress. And, um, you know, all kinds of shenanigans (laughs) uh, went on there, uh, which brings me back to the security cameras and uh, some of the things that they must have collected over the years how How many babies were born as a result of grad night
1: (laughs) well there were there were um, unofficial proposals a lot too in the parks before they brought in the disney weddings thing the disney weddings Mm -hmm. thing only happened in the early 90s but there were all kinds are there disney divorces i there's not that cruella de vil and (laughs) captain hook and people like that oversee it I I, it, I I'm I'm never gonna say never because who knows? Um, there's also no there's also no like um, uh, forest lawn equivalent of like uh, uh-huh. uh, Disney. Oh, so
0: so know. so we don't we don't uh, look at there's Bambi's mother uh, oh, no. <laughs> things like that.
1: No, you no. know, see, I think at least right now that's tasteless. We don't uh-huh. know what's going to be tasteless though, because the the the. the the threshold of tasteless, as we've seen, has changed oh, it's changed over this <laughs>
0: podcast
1: so, so I don't know but but they they have um they're all there are all kinds of things like that they have a lot of events now, you know that's the other reason why it's hard to know if it's going to be busy or not because what they do is first of all, if you see. Ads, like online ads or or things, for special ticket rates or special resort rates, that's a little indicator that they're, just like an airplane, they're trying to fill because it's not as busy. That's a little clue. Right. However, you know, you got annual pass holders, you have residents, so they're going to be in the parks when they're not as busy. The other thing is... You've, and they're tiering tickets now. So you can buy different levels of you pay less on a day that is traditionally not as busy or not projected to be as busy like an airplane seat mm-hmm. um, or, you know, flying on a Wednesday instead of a Friday. Right. So they're tiering tickets. The other thing to keep in mind is that um, when you plan and you, it, it, like I said, you've got to be resourceful. You, if, if you plan and then suddenly the the uh, high school you know, a marching team has come in because they're doing an event. You got to plan around that. You know, and it, here you got two parks, so you plan which park you go, which park you don't. Same thing. There's four in Florida. Um, they have extra. They have extra magic hours sometimes where you, where they'll open earlier if you're staying in a hotel or stay open later. You can find all that stuff out on the internet. There's also special events. They had one here for the holidays where they had these food markets where you get different kinds of food. They're having a lot of those kind of festivals now. Epcot has become like the the capital for that. The food and wine, they just started an art festival. They have the the Flower and Garden Festival, which also has food. So that's another way they're bringing in people.
0: Well, one change certainly from years past is that I think there are places now where you can go in Disneyland and Disney World where you can get alcohol.
1: Uh, I don't know that Disneyland has made that movie yet because that was one of the Walt things.
0: Yeah, um, but I, I, heard, I heard that, that there is like one wine. restaurant or something um, where you can get be beer. Be Our
1: Guest, I think, might be the one because it's Be Our Guest and that's the theme. I think that may have been the first exception. But in general... The Magic Kingdom and Disneyland's policy has not been that um, because it's that's the wall. People get rowdy. And, and it does have I mean, I have been at other parks that are not Disney parks on some nights and you see um, things going on, um, you know, just that attitude of stuff. Um, it, it, there is a risk involved with that, but the other parks do serve it. I mean, Epcot has a food and wine festival, so they do serve, but uh, n-
0: not so much the hard stuff. But the, What's the most popular attraction? You mean of all time? Well, currently. I mean, currently? Is, it, is it Space Mountain? Is it Pirates of the Caribbean? Is it the Mr. Toad ride? I mean, what is probably the number one attraction? What's the ride that everybody wants to go on now?
1: Uh, well, I would say Space Mountain as far as thrill attractions. Um, but you know what? You try getting into Peter Pan, I don't know what it is about that,
0: but it's... Yeah, me neither, because
1: it's like know, a three-minute ride. I know, I know. <laughs> but it's, there's, you know, those ones tend to be um, any of what they used to call an E-attraction, any of the big, you know, Everest that I mentioned before. Um, Matterhorn. The, the Matterhorn, the the those kind of ones tend to be... Um, those are the ones they have more of the fast pass and reservation things for, you know. But then Dumbo and Florida they had to build two of them, two flying Dumbo attractions, and they built this huge waiting area that's like a circus tent, just so you could go, which is a great idea, just so you could go into air conditioning like in the summer. Oh yeah, and you get a reservation time, or or they, you know you you get it's like going to, to to a restaurant, you get this little glowy thing, and then your Dumbo is ready. You know, and then you get into a shorter line and you go. And that's not even with a fast pass. That's just coping with the Dumbo attraction because so many people
0: want to do it. They do a really great job and they've certainly done tremendous studies to make sure that the lines move as quickly as possible, that things are handled as efficiently as possible. I think a lot of time and effort has gone into that, hasn't it?
1: yeah and i will also tell you that they read the letters they have departments specifically but the people read each letter and they stamp it that it's been read they route it to where it needs i've went in my job and i was writing advertising occasionally i'd get a letter you know we didn't we thought you'd know this you know and that right. kind of thing and and usually i'd follow up on it or i'd find out who would know they if you have a comment you know and you write it it isn't tossed into the trash, you know, it isn't, you might get a form letter back, doesn't mean you're going to get a picture of Mickey or, you know, <laughs> um, and or anything like that. But you will get some sort of response because um, there are specific departments that have their own, like the resort area has their own and that kind of stuff, just to look at those messages. So they do take all that seriously. And the fact is, it would be really dumb not to be monitoring what people think because, why would you not want to know? You know, I, I, I read all the sites, even the, the sort of crackpot ones that are just don't... You know, you read it and it's like, I, this is just so not true. But you got to know what's going out there because it's going out into the ether. You got to know what's being said. And that's kind of realism. So, you know.
0: The young ladies who play the princesses who are Pocahontas and uh, Belle and Cinderella None of them and would Snow date White. Me. Well, yeah, well... <laughs> that was going to be my next question uh, but they have to have people guarding them all the time because aren't guys groping them and i mean like un- unless unless you know uh security is hovering over those girls i mean jeez well, it's like a snickers bar in a fat farm <laughs> i honestly
1: and all the years I've been in, you know, involved with parades or, or character appearances, I've never seen anything like that happen. Um, there is an implied feeling of, this is Disney and I better be good. There are people who misbehave. You can't stop that. But in general, the general feeling is somehow Disney has control of things and I better, you know, who knows what might happen. So... Um, I have never any seen any incident happen at all. I don't know that they don't, but I have never seen it. Um, also, every single time a character goes out, they have a character. They, they used to call the character lead. I don't know what they're called now. But there's always a, a person who is there because they only can be out so, so long. The character can't be the one who says, I got to go. Yeah, they especially can't talk. They, especially if they don't yeah. talk. Yeah, and those know.
0: those suits have to be just so hot. Well, the and earlier
1: cumbersome. the earlier ones were more so. They've they've actually lightened them, and they they you know when you look at the Disney costuming and how accurate they are, you know it's astonishing because when you sometimes see characters done elsewhere, and I'm not knocking any other, but you know where the where the eye holes go and stuff like that, and you look at the early Disney costumes, you know where you had. Winnie the Pooh had a big honey pot on his head and stuff, and it was like, oh, my gosh. It, you, you see how far they've come. They are made of much lighter materials, but they still don't have them out too long, especially in the heat, and that's what that person is there for. The person is for...
0: So is it, control. like, tag team? Are there, like seven Winnie the Poohs, or if you're just a character guy, it's like you're Winnie the Pooh for an hour, then you take a break, and now you're Pinocchio or well, first something all, like that.
1: they're all real. You know? Oh, they, you know, yeah, that's right. I still I, freelance right. yes. for Disney, uh-huh. they, they, So they, they are, are real. all real. And Sorry. What are you talking about? Sorry. Because, yeah. you know, no, they... They, they, they can't be everywhere because there's only one. They actually put moana on an airplane and fly her from the east to the west coast back and forth back and forth throughout the day boy for each appearance um the characters are um uh they're they have to be very versatile you know the 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 performers in the park i actually interviewed a lady named carrie butler who is a huge disney fan and she's a tony nominated broadway star she was in xanadu and she was in beauty and the beast she's in a show now and um she, I got to know her because she's an annual pass holder and they live in New York and they would just come down on a whim and just come for the weekend. Mm-hmm. She said, I have never seen... She said, we do eight shows a week. You've got people that are doing eight shows a day. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, the talent... I got to know actors who, a lot of them from improv. You know, you it's like that attitude of, well, they're theme park employees. Well, no, these people are... Steve Martin
0: worked Steve at Disneyland. Martin, yeah. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and And if you read his book, it's very touching because he... It was the home, the home and the closeness he wasn't getting at home right. when he wore it. was really, sure. and, and it's like, gee, and the Magic star is still there. That, that's, that's so cool. I also saw a Xerox of Robert Redford's rejected application for a job
0: at Disneyland. <laughs> I think they put too, too ugly or something, you know.
1: But, um, but the, the, the degree of talent involved, you know, you've got, you've got people who, who perform one thing, but then you've got people who do musicals. And they do several of them a day, and then you got people who will do parades in any kind of weather and do the smiley dancy thing. And some of them do several of those kind of shows, you know. And and they have so much versatility. And sometimes, I mean, we would work with people, and it'd be astonishing what you could throw at them, and then what they could do with it, and how how fast they were and how they, how they could be funny and still be sort of Disney funny, but not be cutesy. You know, um, I've done comedy films and stuff or videos with, with these folks. And it's like, you'd throw up, and it's, it's it, so it isn't just, Oh, well they're in a park. It's, they have, they have a lot of people, especially in Florida, hundreds of these people. And they have like people on the streets playing roles that, that like at the, at the uh, Hollywood studios, they have the mayor and they have the, the young hopeful and things like that. And then the cool thing at Disneyland is that when you, the characters almost seem to be hanging out. You know, that's what my kids love about Disneyland is there's an intimacy there. So you just walk by and it's like, oh, yeah, there's Sleeping Beauty's just, you know, yeah. just walking by. And, and that's, that's the fun part of they it. They don't you know? do that in Florida? Well, it's, it's bigger. Everything is bigger. Oh. It they do come out to different things, but as far as like princesses, that's you know that there's specific places where you go to find them. You can find them on occasion, but to, to for for the characters that are the really like the the frozen princesses and stuff, Ooh. it's either got to be a a, a a breakfast or a dinner, or it's got to be you you get into a specific. Uh, princess area where you wait for them. And it's beautifully designed. Oh, wow. No,
0: not Disneyland. They just kind of hang out. Final question. Is it fun to work at one of those ball ball parks, one of those theme parks? Is it fun? I mean, is it kind of a cool summer job? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Oh, you know what? It would seem to be. I I mean, when I was a kid, I thought, man, it'd be just so cool
1: to work at Disneyland. it, It is. You know, when people ask me, what's it like to work for Disney? And I wasn't a park cast member i mean i worked in in different office kind of settings but i did go into the parks and i've known a lot of those folks and many of them have been there for generations i mean long time Mm -hmm. disney is something very unique um if you're going to go in there thinking it's going to be something other than what it is it's not going to be so you probably won't like it um it, it has a culture. And 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 there, it, you definitely get this is what it what it takes to be here. It has its politics. When people say what's it like to work there, I usually say it's like the
0: Emerald City: good witches, bad witches, except you can't always tell. I why. saw I saw <laughs> an older gentleman, um, and he was uh, picking up trash. And then I looked closer, and he was like a former writer for Taxi. It was very. Sad. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, thank you very much, thank you. and uh, I'll see you at the happiest I'm, place on I've earth. I've
1: got trash to pick
0: up. Okay. Your dreams call. And that will do it for this edition of Hollywood and Levine Episode 7. Our thanks to Greg Airbar, also to Adam and Susie Meister, and to Howard Hoffman, and to you guys for listening. A program reminder. I will be doing my bitchy, snarky Oscar review only on this podcast. There will be a special edition of it that will drop on the day after the ceremony. So tune in that Monday morning to get my sagacious opinions on the Academy Awards. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe. Uh, If you will see it in your heart to give me a five-star review, that would be appreciated. And I will see you next time. Bye-bye.